Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. In astronomy, it may be a long voyage from the lunar to the lunatic, but they frequently cross each other's orbits when the subject of flying saucers comes up. In fact, one of the hardest things serious men in the field have to deal with is its partisans they attract to themselves. Welcome, Dr. Bill, back to the Alien Probe Podcast. How's it going? Hey, how are you doing? Living um, the dream. In the dream. <laughs> That's an excerpt from Beyond Flying Saucers, which we're going to touch on a, a couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, I know you've got a few things. Where do you want to start? Oh, actually, I um, what I can talk about is this guy that wrote the book, um, Frank Scully, when he was in 1964. He's, he's written several autobiographical books, and uh, they're just sort of anecdotes of his life. 1963 he was 70 and he wrote his last autobiographical book and died and Frank Scully it has pictures of him and something I only had one leg so I don't know how he he lost a leg but it was it was missing all the way up to the hip and then oh. um, Wow yeah and I think they said I saw a reference that said he was a veteran so I don't know if that was how he lost his leg um, you, you didn't go, you didn't Google what happened to Frank Scully's There's leg. no information. There's I, I can't find anything. It, it was and That's it was weird. from yeah. So Jack Parr, who nobody knows who Jack Parr is. I had to look that up. Jack Parr was the I think the first host of the Tonight Show in the early '60s, and he was a I that name. yeah. I remember the name, but I didn't remember who who it was. So I had to look it up. And he wrote the introduction to this book, and in the introduction he said that Scully had like 40 different surgeries. So the guy, um, Scully has written a bunch of other books, and the titles were, were sort of weird, and it's like, oh, he's writing about sex. Uh, but the titles, if it's in, his, in this book, of course it's not going to be in here. Um, they don't have it in here. Like they, like they do now, they put all the authors' old books uh, in it. Yeah. But, but the titles are things like um, My Life in Bed. Well, the, he's talking about his life in bed because he was in the hospital so much. And with yeah. all, he had tuberculosis and they had to take his lung out and uh, he lost a leg. Oh, and yeah. yeah, so I don't know all this stuff. But he was a, re a reporter and he was really well known in, in like Hollywood. So his last autobiographical book. Uh, there's a chapter in it, and I requested it. I had to do interlibrary loan because there's only one copy of the book for sale on the internet, and the person wants sixty-three bucks for it. And I don't want to spend it. So come on, Bill. No, hell no. Uh, so he um, he has a chapter in there called "Flying Saucers." Where are you? And he he basically sort of was re re uh, visiting this book that he wrote. 14 years earlier behind the flying saucers and in this he's saying in 1964 when this came out 63 64 um this book was out of print he says you can't find it he says you can't it's just you know it's not out there although this one is a 1950 copy 
and he um, he just came back and he was just talked about some of the details and some of the aftermath of publishing this book. Two things were interesting. One was Dr. Gee. He said in this chapter, we'll talk about this chapter later too. I'll, I'll get you a copy. I, I just scanned it in from the, the book. Dr. Gee, he said, it was a composite character of eight different people that were talking about flying saucers. And it was to protect those people from, I guess, um, revealing secrets or something. Retribution from yeah. the authorities. And he said that uh, Silas Newton, the oil guy, who's also a prominent character, and apparently is a really good friend of this guy, said uh, Silas Newton was, was it Dr. X that gave the talk at, at Boulder? So he says Silas Newton, or Mr. X. Silas Newton was Mr. X. So in this chapter, he definitely says Silas Newton is Mr. X. Dr. Gee, because we, we'll be talking about Dr. Gee when we look farther into the book, is a composite character. And another interesting thing I saw, because I looked up Silas Newton, was the FBI would has like, uh, you can go in there and they released documents on UFOs and stuff. And they have all these documents on Silas Newton because the FBI uh, investigated the hell out of him. And you can go on onto the FBI website and you can look at these, these sites. And one of these documents is listing all these different indictments that was brought against Silas Newton. And we will come to that where we'll talk about the true articles. And, and he mentions the articles where they were refuting this book and saying that Silas Newton was like a con man and stuff. But all the indictments that were brought against Silas Newton, none of them, nothing happened with any of them except for one. And in that one, he, he pled it out. He pled out, I don't know, some sort of misdemeanor charge or something. So it's like the FBI was all over this guy for, I don't know, years, decades but was never able to pin anything on him. It sounds familiar, though. So it sounds like a familiar, familiar yeah. story where we now where we hear stories about uh, people being, I guess, uh, persecuted for a long time and uh, people talking about or the media talking about they're just they're going to bring indictments and we're going to we're going to the, the walls are closing in and we're going to arrest them and then nothing ever happens. So it's like interest. I thought it was interesting. So this Silas Newton was a big sort of um, UFO revealer. Is that what you'd call it? What would you call that? Yeah. And he yeah. Uh, and he was persecuted, but no serious charges or criminal case was ever brought against him. So they're just screwing with him. Yeah. You're trying to get yeah. him to stop. You know, they'll just keep bad. Well, they're badgering him. Yeah. So I mean, the guy was the yeah. guy was under a microscope for decades. See, today, now they wouldn't, you know, now people are coming out. And we're going to talk about, you know, Congressman Tim Burkett, who came out and talked openly about why are we covering up? Yeah. <laughs> the DOD's covering up everything. And there was a short that you'd sent me that he was talking to, I think it was Fox News. I'm not sure. And he talks about, you know, why, you know, are we covering this? I don't want to say they're little green men, but he's seen things. And he said he's seen, hasn't seen things himself, but he's seen reports we haven't seen. Yeah. And he says these things just need to, 
just, these things just need to come out. But um, I didn't want to jump on your thing, but yeah, that kind of ties in with you yeah, can do it yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, but back then, no. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm I mean, it, we are now. Um, there seems to be serious discussions about something going on, and um, it really puts things in perspective about what was happening in the past and how the government approached it. So, um, the, oh, there was the other thing was the, the, um, what else do you want to talk about? I know well, the Pentagon responds to, oh, uh, Pentagon, the Pentagon, whatever. the Pentagon is doing, yeah, a, it responds to AOSMIG, which we don't know what that really means. Yeah, the knows. UAP public hearings inquiry, which was public hearings next week, I think uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will try and check it out. I, my prediction is that there will be nothing. We will get nothing yeah. out of these public hearings. There'll be nothing. Yeah, there was public have hearings. We fig- well, have we figured out why? 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 Well, we haven't figured out why. But why don't they just give up what they've got in possession? Tell them where there's stuff happening. I don't know what. Why? Well, yeah, it's the government. I'm not wondering why. I know why because it's the government, and we don't. They're scared of what our reaction is going to be when they open up Wright Patterson Air Force Base. And all of the UFO and all of the alien <laughs> bodies and formaldehyde that they've got hidden there. <laughs> they, they don't. People so, are gonna be like, "Oh God!" I, I don't know. I don't know what the. Um, I don't know what. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, you can't. You can't explain it. Um, the thing we also there was that video that I sent you about that pilot. I don't have the details. Do I have the details? Ryan Graves. On UFO tactics, that was a he did a um, it was a slideshow presentation for some organization, and it had to do with uh, air safety, and he was talking about encounters with um, with the UFOs, and these um, um, counters they well one of the things I I noticed from that um, his talk is that they got new radar systems and it they he doesn't say. I think he was a newer pilot in the area or not. He doesn't say whether the old radar systems would see these anomalies, these these UAPs. But it makes me makes me wonder. It's like if the old radar systems saw UAPs, um, nobody was talking about it. It was being ignored. If if the on the other hand, if the new old radar systems didn't see them, and the new radar systems did see them. Uh, it suggests that the UAPs had developed countermeasures for that particular radar system. So these are some questions I'd like to know. It's like, did the old sets see these UF UAPs? If they did, that's fine. Then they just then they just ignored it for decades. If they didn't see the UAP, then the UAPs had developed countermeasures to our radar systems, which is another level of concern for whatever's going on with these these objects so um, air safety seems to be the the premise that their congressman burkett was basing his concerns on because you know it's we're eventually going to get hit by one of these things i guess but to your point they're you know they're learning they can learn just it goes way back to the 1947 mm-hmm. los alamos when five or how many five UFOs crashed. Yeah. Five reported. We suspect. We, 
Yeah, or Aztec. Yeah, we Aztec. Su- we suspect that you know the the high powered radar system accident basically accidentally we didn't develop these things to knock down UFOs, but you know because it was so high power they didn't want anybody to see into Los Alamos that it accidentally shot these things down, but. Why can't they do it all the time? Well, they probably learn. They probably like yeah. they're doing with our radar. They probably learn. Oh shit! This, we got to adjust. Yeah, they adapt. And now, is it an intelligence? Yeah. Is it a drone that is can can is it AI that can you know um, develop different countermeasures based on the threat? Who knows? My um, my favorite is it's AI. Very advanced AI. Yeah. 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 Um. Congressional hearings next week, UFO tactics, really good talk. And Chris Lato did an analysis of his talk, which was very good. Um, so that's yeah. that's it for this week. So thank you for... So what about... Thank you. <laughs> so what about the Go Incredibly Fast video? That I mean, was fun. New... That was fun. I don't know how new that was. I just, I ran across that link. And that's a great video because uh, it showed uh, thermal nuclear engines and how fast or how slow they would go. And then they showed, although we saw a uh, document that was saying that thermonuclear engines could work to open up the universe. So I don't know what the conflict, and that was, I can't remember what document it is. It's in one of our shows. but that was, they were predicting in the 50s that these th- thermonuclear engines could allow for 30 years to, to Alpha Centauri. So this video showed a different timeline, so like a thousand years to Alpha Centauri. Yeah. And then that's, ha- un, that's an unacceptable amount of time. Yeah. I mean, they have to really shrink that up and then they if had, we're going to bother with it. And then they had um, Fusion drive, which was a hundred years to Alpha Centauri, and then uh, and then they had the warp drive, or gravity drive, which yeah, uh, that paper that we talked about the other day, which just means you just go as fast as you want and you get there. They said six months with the gravity drive, so I think that's a concern. Yeah, and you sh- it, yeah. yeah, it the, shrinks space in the front and expands space in the back. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but how real, how close are we to that? Well, if they're um, if if it's a if the reports of what they're seeing in that paper that we talked about was um, um, measuring the speed of these uh, UAPs and how fast they could accelerate. Uh, if if the UAPs are capable of these type of accelerations, they have to be using something equivalent to a warp drive. So we may not be if. If um, you know they get some, if they release good data on these things, which they have, um, it will tell us a lot about their capabilities. And basically, what I said when we were talking about that paper, it just means the universe is open. Uh, the problem is time dilation. So you you you're just going to you you know it's inter- interstellar travel is useful, except. Decades or hundreds of years are going to pass between, you know, plant travel. The people on the ship will travel. Their their time is going to be a lot slower than our time. So, you may go visit three solar systems, but uh, by the time you get home, a thousand years has gone by. 
It's ten generations. I mean, yeah. they'll kill yeah. something horrible. Will, they won't make it because something horrible is going to happen to the to the uh, people, the people Not or the planet. Them. Maybe to them, you know, they're going to get hit by a meteor, or they're going to go crazy. I think more likely is that they're going to be there's going to be some sort of anarchy aboard the ship in ten generations. It's going to be like this is just taking too long. We're turning around. Well, the um, I'm trying to grab a paper over here, but the um, some of those speeds that they were estimating, it's not generational time that you're going to be, be traveling. It's going to be um, months. Well, in the final one, yeah, well, in the final one, yeah, but I'm talking about if they, that, remember the second one was like still a thousand years. Yeah, that one, the, the second one was a hundred years. It was a thousand, a hundred, and then very fast. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's, we need that technology, but, you know, this, we can't reverse it. We've gotten these um, ships, allegedly. And we just can't reverse. According to Lazar, we're trying to do it, and one guy. Oh yeah, to, they, they yeah. remember they tried to cut at, at Area Fifty One when Lazar was there. I mean, this is his story that they actually a guy died because he tried cutting into that. Well, there's a little dome looking ball well, or something. Well, they did a um, one of the things he also said was that they at I guess in the past they had tried to take apart like the engine or the power source or something on one of these ships and the result was the equivalent of a nuclear explosion and then they just reported it as a nuclear test yeah so so the guy that was in the bunker with the hammer and the hacksaw um had a very bad day blowtorch blowtorch yeah exploded the whole area small nuclear blast yeah 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 so that didn't work so we're still trying to figure it out allegedly um but or we just stick them in the Air Force hangar and figuring out we can't. I know we're trying. I know we don't give up on these things. That we're gonna. We know that this technology is something we we would want to have. And we just keep needing to work at it. But are we just not? Well, this is. We can't figure it out. Well, this is the interest of of I would say Project Galileo is. It's not just the scientific aspect to it. It's the um, the possibility of technology capture. So this yeah. technology is. Um, if this is functional technology, it's the possibility if you can, like the um, Ryan Graves, who was talking about uh, UFO tactics, one of the objects described was a, um, a cube in a sphere, and it was 15 to 30 feet across. Now, if you can capture that, you can, I mean, it's the whole, it's the whole thing we're talking about. You get the UFO, you get whatever running around. You you reverse engineer, and then there's that guy that that uh, wrote that book. Um, the day after the day after Roswell by Corso, uh, who was saying they were doing all sorts of reverse engineering. Although it's a little, you know, I think the reverse engineering is is a little weak. But if you look at like the um, if you if you look at a microchip. I think it is within the tech, technological ability if if you handed somebody a modern microchip in 1950, I think they could reverse engineer it within a few years. Yeah. I mean, they, you could get extract a lot of information from that and, and start to build prototypes. I mean, that's a, that's a possibility. And then there was other things he talked about. That's um, what we did, didn't we? Yeah, I, mean, didn't micro, I, I don't know. Micro circuit, you know, printed circuits came from the 
UFOs. That's, that's, we, that's a possibility. You know, that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's. Uh, do you want to talk about um, our favorite show? Skinwalker. Yes. Skinwalker. Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. See, season two. two of the new season. <laughs> season two, episode two, Skinwalker Ranch. So what'd you think, Bill? Uh, it was better than the first episode. Um, you didn't yeah. have any embarrassed chief of staff of the former government sitting there with this incredulous look <laughs> on his face going, what have we got ourselves into? Um, handler, his handler was... His handler was, oh my God, don't talk about this. So, although the governor was, the, the former governor was pretty cool about it. He, he looked like he's having a good time. And, yeah. Uh, so this, this week, though, they got the UAPX guys that we saw from uh, the show we talked about, A Tear in the Universe or A Tear in the Sky. Tear in the Sky. Tear in the, in the sky. sky, yeah. So they with had. Bill Shatner. With William Shatner. You had uh, uh, Gary Vorhos and Jeremy McGowan and Jason Turner. Um, and Jeremy McGowan and Jason Turner were on the Nimitz and the Princeton when they saw the Tic Tac. Yeah. And uh, they are involved in this organization called UAPX. And one of the guys has built a uh, car with all this tech on it, with all these like cameras and and magnetomonomers, magnetometers, and and RF detectors yeah. or whatever. And uh, so they were out there, which was pretty cool. And um, they had one of the guys, I think it was, I can't remember which guy it was. I think maybe Jason Turner had a, like a massive headache when they first had the meeting meeting and they took him out and they put him in this uh, metal shed which they said was a faraday like a faraday cage which i could yeah. absolutely say it is was not a faraday cage um <laughs> it it may have helped with yeah. his, it did help with his headache but that was not a faraday cage because i i had a friend who was trying to who paid this guy to build a uh, faraday cage for his computer because he was constantly getting uh this interference at work because of where he had to have his computer, you know, you don't have a choice where you where you sit. So he paid paid this guy to build a Faraday cage. So this guy built a metal metal box for the guy to, that was open on one side, and um, to put his computer in. Well, it didn't work because it was just a metal box. And a Faraday cage is actually, you know, it's got it's surrounded, closed, 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 it's closed, and it's okay. like grounded and stuff. So it's like no, it's not. A, so that shed was not a Faraday cage. But it did help the guy's headache. Uh, so I, I think it would have been better to take some aspirin and put some tinfoil on your head. And would have been the same thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, the guy obviously was in pain and something happened, but I'm not sure that it has anything to do with being at the ranch. Maybe it might have been just stress from being there or severe dehydration, although he didn't think he was dehydrated. I don't know what the altitude there is. Uh, and then... Uh, Next thing they did in the shows, they had like the uh, um, ranch managers go out to talk with a sheriff's deputy, and they ran out to uh, a nice, nice little uh, ranch house, very, very, very spotless, clean new ranch house, and he said that uh, 
the lady that owned the house was having a um, nice little spread, beautiful place. Said she was being, her house was being buzzed by a drone. So the sheriff came out there. But they didn't, uh, they didn't talk about the actual police report. So there's no description of the drone. Did the drone make noise? Um, no details. Because it's like, if it's just a regular drone, we all know what a drone looks like. And they make a lot of noise. You're going to look at it and go, some asshole's flying a drone around my property. You know, yeah. call, call the sheriff. So no description at actually what this lady saw the drone was. And then the sheriff's deputy goes out there and he sees a light above the, um, above the lamppost on the street and he starts chasing the light. And he says he chased it until he got to the end of the road and couldn't follow it any, anymore. And it sort of sounds like a uh, experience that you just had yeah. recently. And I'll add the I'll add the video and I'll add the video in here at some point. Yeah, I mean it was so, last week, and I was in the backyard, and I looked up, and there's an undulating light up in the sky, and I went, "Holy crap! This what is this?" And I called Debbie out. She looked at it. And she went, oh, it's an airplane," because we have the airports not. Uh, mm-hmm. Sacramento airports in our vicinity flights go over all the time so I sat and I said wait right here don't move that is not there were some clouds in the area and then um, that is not moving it's not a hell I mean I looked on my I have that um, program where you can see all the commercial I mean it could have been non-commercial I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not able to track most um, military aircraft some I can and it was nothing. There was nothing on in that app that I had that showed, you know, because that's the magic app that Skinwalker has. Well, exactly we're going to come back. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we looked at it and I said, OK, you know, so the, the clouds started to obscure. So I went back in the house and then I came back out and it was still there undulating. And I took a video of it, a crappy video. I know that's because I said Bill's coming. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not bad. It was. I took it with my camera. I've got the newer iPhone, newest iPhone, and it took a pretty fair picture of it. But you know, it's the thing is, I go out the next night and it's the same things there. So, planet, and it was north. What we figured out, it was um, northwest. I, th- I said northeast, but it was northwest. What, I actually, when I texted you, it was northwest is where it was actually. What, what seen. time? What time was that? That was about about eight or oh no no not eight it was dark so it was probably nine thirty about nine thirty yeah I have a astronomy program and I went in and I was trying to I put in your location roughly the Sacramento area and yeah. I was looking towards the northwest I didn't see any um, a planet come up although no there's planets. a planet I got to go back and look but the uh, there's a nice planetary alignment of a of like um, a bunch of planets, but you can't. It's during the day, so you can't really see it, or you have to see it like at five in the morning. Um, so I didn't see, to see if it's still there. I have a comp- I have a compass. I can actually give you the exact. Yeah, give you me, know we're exact. You know, I'll just point yeah, to give, it and yeah, just see. just text me the the compass heading, and I'll I'll look at uh, nine thirty. What date was it? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I have it on my phone when I send it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't phone. tell me now, yeah. but just give me the date and then the uh, compass heading, and I'll look on the, the astronomy program and see. It what. was it was Tuesday at ten oh eight. Tuesday, ten oh eight. I will take a look. Yeah, I didn't see any uh, planets at that time. Did you see the moon when you were out? 
No, the moon's on the moon is on the opposite side of the house. That's wasn't okay. any. Okay. It was like right. you should have uh, you should have you should have filled out should have filled out the form, the UFO form. <laughs> Your form, Bill's the form. UFO. Bill oh, no, form. it's it's uh, Project Blue Book's form. I just redid it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, send me. Uh, if you got the compass heading, send send me it at some point. I'll see. I didn't see any planets when I looked the the other day, real quick, uh, in that in the northwest. Um, I'll look again. I didn't see anything obvious, so I don't know what it is. It, I'm it assuming... looked kind of like what Skinwalker is looking. You know, it looks it, the we're same. Gonna, oh, look at that. We're gonna get to that, and then the. Um, right. um So you didn't see it. You didn't see it as. You looked, you didn't register as an aircraft, but you also went back nope. the, the next night and saw it again. It was exactly the same spot. Same, same spot. So, so, it's, so it's probably, a, it's a planet. Planet. I'll, uh, I'll yes, see if I can I'm figure out. It's a planet. I'll see if I can figure out which one it is. Uh, I, it wasn't obvious when I looked at the program and was scrolling through the sky at different times to see what was coming up. But give me the compass heading. Um, all right, so back to Skinwalker. Oh, then, so... Based on your experience and and the description that the deputy was having, I think he was chasing a planet, like what you yeah. saw and we're going to show in the video. There was a, a bunch of UFO sightings in Michigan in the 60s, and, and J. Allen Hynek was there for some of these sightings, and he actually got in a police car when the sighting had happened, and the police ran out, you know, the cops with the sirens blaring and the whole bit, lights and sirens. And they chased what they thought was a UFO until they basically ran out of road. Then they got out of the car, and Hynek's like looking at you going, it's Venus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which and is probably what this is. It might be. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pinpoint it. I'll, I'll look again. I'll, I'll sort it out. So, or not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's not unusual, but I think that's what that, that deputy did. And then they had um, what else? Did it, they do? It's bizarre undulation. I mean, the way it looked was just bizarre. It was like the pulsating. Light, the light, the the yeah, the way the light was changing. You can see it in the video. It was real interesting. So I yeah, um bizarre. Maybe it's uh maybe it's a space station. But it never moves. I mean, it never moved from that. Well, that's the other weird thing well, about the, it. The it thing didn't is, move. is the um the. If if you look if you go out there and a half hour later if it's in the same spot because the sky is going to rotate right yeah. you know, the stars rotate around the the northern star so it's this they're going to rotate and if you went out there like a half hour later and it's exactly in the same spot then it's something else so, yeah so. I, mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. To, it's easy to look at it. The moon moves and the star moves it, and stuff. But it, so if it, it was should fixed, have moved and it didn't. Yeah. It well, should but we have only have a, position. We only have a few minutes of video, and you went out the next night about the same time. Well, I'm going out tonight see if it's in the same spot because that was bizarre. And then I'll go out like an hour later. But I went out probably 30 minutes later, and it was in the exact same spot. And that. All right. So the may... space station's not space station's not in geosynchronous order, but it comes. It's a tiny little dot that you, you've seen it yeah, in the yeah. sky, right? It, it goes around. It looks like a satellite. It just so the the, it, the question yeah. is, um, yeah, if it's not moving, if it's not moving in the sky, it's not a planet. It's not a star. Yeah. So the question is, what weird? 
what what it what is. What the hell was it? Yeah. So yeah. go so go back out, look again. Well, do, take a different the, couple of different compass readings. Yeah, take a compass time. reading. You know, the next time. And, and um, then if it's and, there, and, and if it isn't, then I'll go like an hour later, maybe do another compass reading. Yeah. If it hasn't changed, something's weird. Yeah, it should be. It should be moving <laughs> in the sky. And and do the paper, even if it's a planet, paper, it'll move. Do the paperwork. Do the paperwork. Do, do, do the paperwork. Do the paperwork, man. I, I, you know how I, I sweated over recreating that form. <laughs> so we need to use it. Bureaucracy needs to be maintained. So yes. All right, so I think the sheriff, I'm not sure what the sheriff's deputy saw on uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and then they started shooting rockets into the triangle. Um, and the uh, UAPX guy kept overloading his inverter on the uh, his Osiris truck, uh, which was really irritating me because it's like, dude, you're, over you're overloading your inverter and you're just restarting everything and then you're overloading the inverter again and then you're restarting everything and then you're reloading and it's like come on unplug a few things and then yeah. they but now the, the power went out power, power went out went every out. time every time we uh, shoot a rocket what's going on the power goes out i was like come on you know you guys are there you they're not just there for that night which is what they implied it's like if he's having equipment trouble just shut everything down. You're going to do it the next night. Troubleshoot. Get his equipment running. So it's like this guy's got this cool truck with all this stuff on it. Uh, it kept shutting down. And then they just sort of milking it. Oh, the, the, there's a malevolent force on the uh, ranch that's uh, that sh shutting down shutting yeah. down my thing. No, fix your equipment. Anytime you do an experiment, this has happened to me hundreds of times. Anytime you do an experiment for the first time, it's like things go wrong. I mean, or even any equipment you're working with, electronics and equipment, things go wrong. It's like even uh, it's just like just test it. Well, test it. Test you do test. You do test you, it. You yeah. set everything up. Things still go wrong. I mean, it takes. Uh, yeah. So it's obvious that the Osiris van is. Uh, uh, this it's still a work in progress. And then even in that yeah. movie, The Terror in the Sky. They um, they didn't provide a lot of impressive data, so I I think they I think they got a nice setup. They're working on it, but I think it's a work in progress. So, um, oh, and then they had the uh, uh, Ute Ute in, Indian come out a day later, and they interviewed him. He lives down the road, and uh, he worked at. He was talking about a UFO sighting. Um, at when he was working at the uh, treatment center on the on the reservation treatment center is a drug treatment center on the reservation because it's the you know it's the yeah yeah so um and i was just thinking about that they're doing like outreach to the native americans and um it's like that really nice rancho that that lady had was getting buzzed by a, a drone I mean, and you have the sheriff. So the thing to remember about this area is that you have the sheriff and you have this patchwork of tribal land because up until 1932, the law in the state of Utah was that if the Indians were not using the reservation land, the state could take it away from them. And Skinwalker Ranch is the, some of the prime ranch land that used to be in the reservation. So... Um, 
so if you had if you had a, a little rancho on your um, on the res land they wouldn't take it away from the indians but um you know bad things happened and that county is notorious for the local sheriff because it's such a patchwork of tribal land and uh state you know public land or privately owned land it's such a patchwork there's ongoing uh issues with the local sheriff going on to tribal land and arresting uh, native americans for crimes committed because i mean yeah and the, you can't you don't think they're legally can, they can cannot he? but it's an issue in that area because uh, it's such a patchwork and the sheriff's just going to arrest you and then they're going to sort it out but once they got you they got you so yeah. uh, there's there's issues in that county with the with the tribe and the the uh, cowboys and indians issues suffice it to say that we're no closer to finding what the no. mystery of skinwalker ranch is but i we started it it's going to go on it's created an interest i honestly didn't think they'd have a season two it was so horrible well and that oak island keeps going oak so. island, keep it milking <laughs> milk that cow baby so the cory yep. sarawak was the indian that they brought in native american that they brought into uh to talk to him and i just has this impression they got this these people doing outreach and this one guy you know he's got the funny vest on and he's got the jewelry and the beads or whatever and he's doing outreach with the native americans and i just have a feeling that he went onto uh some tribal land he found this guy and the guy goes and it's like they, and they paid him so it's like if i'm a if if i hate the cowboys and i'm a native american and some some cowboy comes up to me and says have you seen anything unusual it was like, well, you know, I got some stories. What, you know, and you know, the super rich guy that owns the the ranch down the road wants to pay me a few bucks. I got some plenty of stories for you. So yeah. I, um, I'll take your money. I mean, hey, pay me. I can come up with some good UFO stories too. You lay some cash on me. So I don't know if the guy was or not, but they should have disclosed um, whether or not he was paid to come on to skinwalker ranch and be filmed and talk about his experience that should have been yeah. that that is a big issue um the original police report with the sheriff's deputy um talking a description about the drone should have been discussed they sh if that lady filed a report with the police about a drone hub, you know flying around her property that police report will have a description of the drone if it's just a white light that doesn't make any noise uh, then it's interesting if it's a buzzing regular drone flying around. I mean, they're hiding the people that are making the show, or they're hiding information to make it more interesting, make it more dramatic. Yeah. And it's it's called bullshit. Uh, bullshit. Bullshit. Next yeah. week they're going to look at, uh, I guess, petroglyphs, and then do a um, an interpretation of that. And they say that the triangle could possibly be a wormhole or a portal into another dimension. Oh, and then they got all excited because they saw a uh, um, UAP. And then they were filming it, and you could see it. But the way the sun was, the sun was at a low angle, so a high-altitude aircraft would look exactly like what they were seeing. But they did not do what they've done on previous episodes, which is run into their, their command center and look to see if there was a, an aircraft. So they left that information out. So I mean they're leaving stuff what? out to make it more interesting and they're just they're just bullshitness. So flight radar. Flight radar is the app. Flight radar. Yeah, they didn't even bother to Free. do that. 
But they did that right. last last week. They were doing it going, there's an NSF aircraft that's flying over the area that's that's spying on us. Well, the thing is, is they blacked yeah. out what the um, what the craft was, which they didn't have to do. And another thing is just call the, the um, NSF. Yeah, NSF, National Science Foundation. And or they're they're flying. Yeah. They could look on their app and see which airport is flying out. Go to the airport and talk to the crew. Said, "What are you guys doing?" And they'll tell you, "We're spying on you." Uh, they're doing. Why did they think it was an NSF aircraft? Was it identified as? Yeah, such? yeah, it was National Science Foundation plane doing uh, probably just doing aerial survey, just a general mapping, and they're, yeah, they're making it all. They were gritty. Yeah. They're making it all yeah, dramatic and stuff. It's like, come on, just just do your due diligence and don't. Well, if you're gonna try and find something interesting, just don't bullshit us and call this. You know, don't uh, feed me a shit sandwich and tell me it's it's prime yeah. beef. Yeah. Um, it's well, that's what they do. That's what they do. So, yeah, it's like um, Blind Frog Ranch, which I think they got. I mean, Blind Frog Ranch has some interesting stories, but they're just feeding us a shit sandwich so, and they're making it worse they did could you, do yeah did you do a new episode of blind frog i i don't think there are any i suffered through the first season i think they're doing another season um i think they could do a, a lot better and they could tell compelling stories about their land and the mysteries on their land but they don't have to pull in all the weird um reaction take oh my god um Look, we found a, we found an ancient coin that just happened to be here. Whoa! But it's not real. Oh, come on! Nobody, nobody's falling for that. Anyway, Skinwalker, season two, episode yep. two. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just watched it, and Robert with Robert watched it with us, and goes, "I don't know how you guys watch this bullshit." Ah, <laughs> uh, so painful. Actually, this episode was better. They did a good job, and yeah. the guy, um, the guy that's paying, owns the ranch. Um, Brandon Fugel, he actually his screen presence has improved dramatically, and he's got he's he's excellent now. He's excellent on the screen. And the first season he was a little stiff, but now he's really relaxed and he's he's grown into the role. So, well, he doesn't spend a lot of time on the show, which helps. No, but he's he's you know? he's worked on his screen presence. He's maybe he's gotten some coaching. He's got coaching. He's got yeah. coaching, but yeah, he's um he's looking great. He's doing a he's doing a great great job for his his um production. So it's a good job. But otherwise, um uh I'm gonna watch it next week. <laughs> Three weeks. Well, we're really watching it as it in. We're not watching it because we find it interesting. We're watching it to dirt it. Ah, well, I I wish it was interesting, but I think I even think Bigelow when he bought that ranch, I think there was a lot of uh, BS involved in it, and a lot of the activities was cowboys and Indians, basically. Um, Bigelow is a huge UFO guy. I mean, he, he loves is. the UFOs. I think he's, a, and uh, I think he thought something was there. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's genuine. I think he's very genuine in in how he's yeah. approached this stuff. I think he has been um, hoodwinked by various individuals, but I think I I think he is is sincere in his belief and his uh, willingness to commit money into the investigation. So, I think I I love Bigelow. I think he's awesome. Yeah, but I think he's been hood, but if he hoodwinked did... and stuff. 
he just he sold it. If there was anything there, he would have kept it. And yeah. he's got he's a freaking billionaire, a millionaire, or whatever. He would have pumped money into there and, and done something probably even better than this. But I think he he milked it as far as the research portion of it, and he dumped it off on somebody that's going to make it into a series. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I it's, a, a, it's great. I mean, it's a great way to to it's a good property to pick up, and this show is a a good idea to to go with it. But um, it, it's hard to say. I, they may have seen yeah. some stuff out there, some good stuff out there, or what. But it's when you you sort of smother it in this crap. Um, it really diminishes if you've seen anything sort of genuine. So if you see, I mean, if you if you create a bunch of theatrics and um, they're not really lying, but they're lying through admission on how they present the stuff. Like they're not saying, um, presenting the full police report. They're not saying whether or not they paid the uh, Native American guy to come in and, and talk. Uh, which would definitely lead to bias, and and given the relationship between the tribes and the area and the cowboys, um, sure, I would fully believe that guy. Pay me some cash, I'll tell you a story. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, they're not. Uh, if but that diminishes anything genuine that they may see because they cover it with so much um, theatrics. Um, it's like. Blind Frog Ranch, same thing. They got fascinating sites. They got interesting history and stories, and they're throwing in a bunch of crap theatrics. So, hey, I mean, it, it's it's just to get people to to watch the stuff. But I like it. They just kept shooting rockets too. It's like, why are you keep shooting yeah. rockets if the 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 observer truck isn't working? Just take a breath, take a day, and fix get everything working. You've shot rockets. They're kind of fun. Yeah, they are. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just shoot some rockets. Let's shoot some rockets. Who cares if the truck's not working? Um, Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's talk about Scully. Uh, What do you got? Yeah, so so the Lunar Fringe. I mean, I tried to get... Lunar Fringe. Like, oh, what what about... Yeah. Yeah. But what I did like about the Lunar Fringe was uh, they talked about my favorite theory is the uh, hollow earth theory oh yeah i think it yeah. was that after. Yeah. and they said that eons ago the the earth i mean uh, one of the things is that you know how many different civilizations have been on the earth since it's been around i mean they surmise i mean i keep hearing numbers like five and six different total civilizations maybe more but these things um, occupied, I don't know where they came from. I mean, um, they throw one, I can't remember, the Ethereum, what do they call that thing? The, Ethereans. They have a name. Yeah, Ethereans. 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 But they blow up. At some point, we blew out the terminal ends of the Earth, and the magnetically directed saucers are, you can go inside the Earth. Yeah. And now that's kind of what we're seeing now as these things. But, they, you know, there was... Uh, people now they said that you know eon there's another that the, some one of the civilizations were tall people like seven feet tall and oh then, yeah yeah these yeah. guys were that was these um, guys were paxton c hayes had found some giants and that's actually sort of a, a fringe science thing about these giants and supposedly the 
Smithsonian has a bunch of bunch of uh, skeletons, like giant skeletons. One of the issues with a lot of these uh, remains from Native Americans is uh, a lot of stuff has been returned to tribes, even to or even to tribes that had no affiliation with whatever the remains are. That happens. So any uh, it used to be okay to do anthropological studies on these remains, and now there's I think they're required to return the remains for for burial. So even yep. if there's, they used to say that the Smithsonian had giant remains, uh, they, they may have been returned to the tribes, and so you, you don't know. I had a, uh, I couldn't find it, but I thought it was in uh, Wyatt Earp's biography, but I was reading one of these old Western guys, and he was uh, traveling from some point to point A to point B when he was a youngster and uh, for work in Texas someplace, and he was crossing a, a river and he found a giant skull, and he just threw that out in his, uh, um, you know, his biography. And it's not like he was—he just said, "Yeah, I just found this this skull. It was huge uh, at this one location when I was crossing a river at, at some point." And I couldn't find the original book. I thought it was Wyatt Earp, but it wasn't. I think it's something else. It might have been an old Daniel Boone or something. So there's been um, there was definitely. Uh, some giants have been found, and the rumor is that there was a whole tribe of like seven foot um, Indians and Native Americans in in the Americas before before the uh, colonizers and genociders showed up. Before the we... um, well, the, the the show we did on the um, in Nevada where they have the naval submarine base it's in the middle of the desert pretty much yeah on i think that lake i mean there was a story that evolved from that that eons ago when the sea was in california would it when it you know because the sea was inland we talked yeah. about that last yeah. week the week before um that these giants had were underground and it's it kind of tied into the military base Possibly, we don't. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. far-fetched, I think, but making submarines go from this lake in the middle of the desert in Nevada all the way to Malibu or down by the Catalina, where it comes out by Catalina Island, um, and then there's actually, you know, a, they can actually travel through there in tunnels. But they said that these things were under these these um, giants would actually occupy the under underground mm-hmm. um in california so it was an interesting story and kind of a good tie-in you know but they'd found bones like you said they found bones and yeah things, i mean you know people have found uh giants basically they find yeah. giant bones and that paxton uh, this guy has uh paxton c, c. hayes has had found some at some point and it, but it's hard to find um, some of this older information. Did you look at the hoaxers and saucer chapter in Scully? Yeah, I did. They did you see that they mentioned the um, what the what is it called the name Maury Island? The, they Maury yeah. Island, but they talked about the pancake that that always gets shown. The yeah, na- the flying pancake. pancake. Yeah, the flying <laughs> pancake. The flapjack. Well, the they flapjack. called it a pancake, but it actually was called... They called it a pancake, but it was actually... Its nickname was the Flying Flapjack. Okay, yeah, the uh, X, XF5U, alias V172. 
Um, as though this thing, they found one, this thing washed up on the shore somewhere. It fell off a boat. In Texas, <laughs> that's the weirdest story because it's like, yeah, there's no details on it. It's like, where, why, <laughs> how, how does this happen? I mean, we know it's a true, true, that's a true event, but it's like, how did this thing end up yeah. washing on it up on the shore? Uh, and then, yeah, they so they, yeah, you know, it had, it had propellers and all that. I mean, yeah. it didn't really, it, it, it wasn't really what you would call a, a flying saucer, you know, that had some sort of propulsion that didn't involve, you know, conventional, yeah. You know, it was fans types of. It had like fans, yeah, fans I, or whatever. Fans it was. integrated into it to give it lift and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, it's not a impressive thing. And then they talked about Maury Island. Um. Again. Yeah, and that keeps popping up with this. You know, the yeah. plane crap. Now I heard that they, 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 there was one story where it was shot down by a twenty millimeter yeah. gun. I mean, yeah. that was. I don't know if that was the case. Whatever happened to the guys that parachuted out? Did, did anybody uh, they ever were, talk to they those were okay. Guys? They were fine. One guy broke his leg, yeah. I think. Um, I don't know about aftermath, but they both survived. They ever tell their story? They did, but basically, I mean, what happened? Um, basically, the um, they the one guy was hitchhiking. They got him out, and then the third guy. There's four people on the plane. There's the two pilots that did the investigation. There was the engineer, and then there's a hitchhiker. Uh, they put the they put the they put the hitchhiker out, and then uh, one of the pilots. I can't remember which one. Literally threw the engineer out of the plane. Um, yeah. And one of those. I don't remember. I think the hitchhiker broke his leg, and um, that's pretty much it. And the the, the plane was in trouble and i i think it's perfectly reasonable that the uh, now you could you could speculate that it was sabotage because an exhaust manifold had been was missing an, or an exhaust shield or something on one of the engines which caused the exhaust to you know heat up and cut make the wing catch on fire and i think that's where the 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 catastrophic failure occurred is because the wing was on fire and it's just the fuel tanks are in the wing and then it just the wing tore off or something and uh so the thing that doesn't make sense is that this was this plane was just rehabbed or just redone down at their their base which was down in california was it edwards Hamilton. It was, Hamilton. That was hamilton uh, right on the in the bay okay so they we were went at an air show there remember yeah 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 uh, they had a. Um, they were at Hamilton, so the the plane had been re, um, just been re, I don't know, refurbished, yeah, refurbished, rebuilt, whatever. yeah. And they flew it up to Washington, and there was no problem. So either the plane had some maintenance done when it got up to Washington, and the mechanic left the um, left the shield off, or um, it it just wore down enough stuff from the previous flights. So the next flight, cause it was immediate play. They were in the air for 10 minutes when the, the plane failed. But anyway, yeah, yeah, both guys lived. Um, one of the guys said that one of the pilots saved his life because he, he literally threw him out, threw him out the door, uh, which probably is a good indication of how bad the shape the plane was at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't know what's going on. But the interesting thing in this uh, hoaxers and saucers chapter, and I saw this before, and I didn't. I just recently, this is the second place, and they talk about uh, 
Chrisman, Fred Chrisman, who was the guy that was yeah. was involved in somehow weirdly involved in the Kennedy assassination. He, this is the the only other place that I've seen where he he says that he was an Air Force reservist. And it was interesting because yeah. because uh, Kenneth Arnold or, was trying to talk with Chrisman and Chrisman was um, put on a plane and sent to Alaska. Um, what's he say? It's got the in here. Dahl reported sighing six discs. Kenneth Arnold checked for errors. Where is it? Oh, Chrisman says, I was at the time active in reservist affairs in the Air Force, Chrisman reported. Why did not the Air Force call me to account for my dastardly actions if he was making this crap up? That's what this is what Chrisman is saying yeah. after all this stuff happened. You know as well as I do that they would not take such shenanigans from a junior officer of the reserve without some form of punishment. Yeah, there's there's a uh, and yeah, there's something weird about that. And this is actually very cool because they uh, talk about Roy Palmer, who is the editor of um, Fate Magazine and Amazing Stories. Fate Magazine's where this Kenneth Arnold stuff was written up, and a lot of stuff that I've read never mentions who who this editor was. They'll say the editor of some magazine, but they never mention his name. Just they mention his name. You never hear that um, Chrisman was in uh, the Air Force. And that, that's sort of like tough information to find. That's in here. Um, so anyway, that's that's that for that. We'll we'll move on on this. But the um, we're coming up on an hour, and I guess we're not going to hit the uh, we're not going to talk about Omni. What I'm going to do is I will uh, scan in these these articles for you and get them to you. Okay. Because there's an interview with, uh, and what we'll do is let's we'll talk about, this is from Omni 1984. Now, the later issues, as I mentioned before, there's PDFs. You can get them from archive.org, so I'll get those to you. This one that's missing from the archive.org, which is, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But uh, um, this is some interviews of this article I want to talk about is Inside the Military UFO Underground, and they interview uh, Robert O'Dean retired Army Command Sergeant Major. They interview Bob Lazar, who calls the um, the program he worked on Project Galileo. That's interesting. Coincidence? That's Conspiracy? Weird. Yeah. And then they uh, interview another guy who I don't see any name. Oh, uh, Baffled at Bentwaters, Colonel Charles I. Halt, U.S. Air Force, retired. So we can talk about these these uh, some of these stuff. But I'll get. I got to get that to you. So all right, sounds we, good. We've managed to waste another hour <laughs> without covering everything we wanted. Yes, and, but that's and, fine. And complained about Skinwalker. <laughs> well, that's that's our job. It's our job. <laughs> okay. All right, you ready? Ready. Thank. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to Alien Probe Podcast at gmail Visit us on Facebook. Also, check out our website, alienprobe.net. That has all of our episodes on it. We're on all podcast platforms. See us on Twitter, Alien Probe Pod, and Instagram at Alien Probe Pod. Check out YouTube, like, and subscribe. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony, who's still traveling the country. I think he's uh, headed toward Austin in his trailer with his two dogs. Thanks for Dr. Bill once again. Okay. Awesome episode. All right. We'll see you.
Bye.